Hey, I'm Ben Silverio. And I'm Aaron Klein. And I'm Ansel Birch, your host in post. And, and it's, it's time, time to party. party. We are not doctors and we don't give medical advice. Please drink responsibly. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode. We recorded out of order, and that means that the earlier recordings had less good microphones, including this one. We hope you will still enjoy all of the amazing stuff that Ben and Aaron said. Thank you. Hey, thanks for joining us again on Time Welcome to Party. Welcome back, everybody. Hey. Pew, pew, pew. Yeah, if you didn't listen to the last episode, we're talking about Bill and Ted's bogus journey. Woo, it's the second one. Yeah, the second film in the Bill and Ted franchise. It doesn't get enough love, so we're giving it a whole lot of love right now. Unless you're me, and it's the only one of the series you've ever seen. <laughs> in that sense, it gets a lot of love. <laughs> it still blows uh, my mind. I know. Blows my for mind. People, for anyone who didn't listen to the drinking and smoking game episode that came before this, uh, I revealed that this is the only one in Bill and Ted's series I've seen. I've never actually seen Excellent Adventure. I've only ever seen uh, Bogus Adventure three times, I think, at least at this point. Man. So, yeah. Uh, it's... I love this movie. It's really good. <laughs> it's really good, right? Like, a, a lot of people will downplay it because it's so different, but I think that's what makes it good. It's not I only... Honestly, I can't even picture what the first one is like because I like this one so much. And hearing that it's so different from the first one, which is cool, like, that makes it a really clever and well-done sequel. I have no idea what the first one is like. <laughs> yeah the, the writers made like a very conscious choice to make this one so different and to stand out from the original because it's like oh what is, is bill and ted gonna have another uh assignment that they have to do uh and that actually was something they considered initially the story idea was that bill and ted have an english uh project due and so they would have had to, like, meet Shakespeare and Hemingway and stuff like that, which would have been fine, but it would yeah, have would essentially have been, been a rehash of the the first movie. Yeah. Now, when the idea for Bill and Ted Go to Hell came up, you know, like, that's something different. Obviously, mm. it didn't go on to be called Bill and Ted Go to Hell, uh, but Bogus Journey is still the same weird little movie that they came up with. Mm -hmm. Even though they changed so much of it along the way. Uh, fun fact. On the Blu-ray release, there, I, I believe the DVD is the same. There aren't any deleted scenes. Uh, but if you find the Marvel comic for Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey, um, they ha they wrote that comic script based on the original script. So you'll see a lot of stuff that wasn't in the actual movie that was in the original cut. And uh, yeah, that's a really good that's comic. That's cool. Uh, I highly suggest looking it up. All of the Bill and Ted comics actually are really good. That that Marvel one uh, was what started it. Then uh, Boom Studios, like within the last few years, did a few Bill and Ted comics. Uh, Bill and Ted's Most Triumphant Return, uh, Bill and Ted Save the Universe, and Bill and Ted Go to Hell. Oh, uh, cool. And now Dark Horse is doing a series, oh, dope. which I can't remember the name of right now, 
but that's like brand new. I think issue one and two came out this year. Oh, nice. So yeah, there's a lot of Bill and Ted canon. Like the universe yeah. has expanded so much. I I am really uh, amused and like kind of in awe of how much Bill and Ted has remained a cultural phenomenon after these. Like, I mean, especially this year, now that the third one has come out, which yes. like as an X-Files fan who waited a super long time for a movie and then a super long time for two additional seasons, like I understand that uh, uh that like waiting and wanting like we were talking in the last episode uh about star wars and the way that people like waited in between the original series and like the prequels like i think it's cool that bill and ted has that same kind of cultural currency that people are like super excited about it and have been to the point where it like sprouts a third movie which is actually like made and released i just think that's so cool yeah up until a few years ago i believe Bill and Ted were even part of uh, Universal Studios' Halloween Horror Nights. Like, mm. they did, like, a, a variety show that had a bunch of, like, irreverent jo jokes from the year that was, uh, that, that was, like, framed by Bill and Ted using the phone booth to go to different time periods and place periods. And, like, uh, it, I'm not it seems sure like a concept. that those jokes were all very politically correct. That's oh, probably one hundred percent. We're not, <laughs> but um, no, they definitely were not. Yeah, but I I remember going back one year and like, as part of like my Halloween celebration or whatever, like going back and rewatching some of the old Halloween Horror Night Bill and Ted stuff, and it's just ridiculous. I love um, it. I I feel like they're just such relatable characters in so yes. many ways. Like you can kind of you get to laugh at them because they're like silly and kind of dumb, but they're like. I wrote this down at one point. Um, we could all learn a little by how relaxed and accepting they are of literally everything. Everything, like, right. It, everything that happens to them, they're like, you know what? We're just going to go with it and it's going to work out and everything's going to be fine. And yeah. you know what? It's fine. And having, again, only seen this one, like, I, I love that. I love this attitude. I feel like... At the beginning, you learn that they have this, like, Bill and Ted, Bill and Ted, like, changed the universe, and so there's this, like, college that you see at the very beginning, and I love the idea that, that, that that's what, their energy is just, like, so pure and so, like, yes. wholesome and inviting and accepting that, like, it just infects the whole world and everyone is just overcome with this, this idea, like I said, that, like, we could all really learn a lot if we just learn to be as accepting as these guys are about 100 fucking everything <laughs> yeah the including death <laughs> including death yes the the thing about bill and ted is that they're all about love yeah at the core they're about heart you know like uh loving themselves loving each other loving everything around them you know it, it's there's such a force for positivity mm -hmm. that having bill and ted return in this year that has been so negative was such a nice like was such a nice light i guess in the darkness of 2020 yeah, it was like a beacon yes yeah. that's the fucking word i was looking for yeah nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i agree it feels like now is like a really good time to have a reminder that like two chill dudes are like super cool like i loved when the evil bill and ted took them uh up to the mountain 
and they were like, you know what, man, even though you want to kill us, we still love you. And they, I'm going to use the F slur, they called them fags. And yeah. I liked that the, it felt very 90s that they did that, that they included that word, obviously. But I loved that it was so clear that, like, this is the only time we're using this word. Yep. It's in this very, very, um, like, pivotal moment in this, these characters' developments, because they're about to fucking die. Uh, and that it's the bad guys. Like, it's, yep. they're evil bill and ted that are using this word and it's in this moment where like all they were doing was offering them love and they got this like bigoted response felt Mm -hmm. so appropriate it didn't feel like dated really even it felt like very appropriate still even in 2020 that like yeah this was an appropriate use of this kind of language too so i really appreciated that i thought it made it age better than you would expect right and building off of that you know in terms of bill and ted's acceptance when they meet station in heaven uh, and death says uh what did you think that the 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 best scientist in the universe was going to be from earth and then from that point on bill and ted just accept that station is the best scientist in the universe mm-hmm. you know yep, they totally. accept that right away it's almost like oh sorry i didn't think about that you're absolutely right you know and that's mm-hmm. really the response that you should have when when you're being corrected like that you know mm-hmm, you didn't totally. know any better you know like when when you use a word that's no longer you know pc really like it for example um i unintentionally used the word lame uh, uh recently and our friend meg pointed it out and i'm just like oh my god i didn't even realize that thank you for pointing that out and that's yeah, how bill have... and ted felt in that moment you know yeah totally yeah like we we develop these words that are are ableist at their core they insult people for things that they can't control a lot of the time and it's become such a regular part of our lexicon we don't even think about it and so i i think you're right when you're like presented with that like oh no here's actually why this is like kind of an inappropriate word and you should like really re-examine your relationship with it your response and the response of bill and ted of oh okay cool you got it no problem moving forward like i think that that's it's really important to to do that and to move forward yeah uh Bill and Ted was totally ahead of its time in that way. Oh, yeah. I wrote this down um, also later that, like, this feels like a super progressive movie for the 90s, particularly. Like, this came out in 1991 and feels very, very much ahead of its time. Like, the fact that they are wildly, wildly respectful to their girlfriends and the fact that they, like, treat them like real people who deserve, like, consent and respect is very ahead of its time for a movie that came out in 1991. And, like, that scene where evil Bill and Ted are, like, trying to, like, molest them, basically. They all have their clothes on, so it's, like, there's only so far that that can go. But, like, it it is still clearly supposed to be they're, like, engaging in non-con in this moment. And I love that real Bill and Ted, who are ghosts in this moment, are horrified, are like, oh, my God, we would never do this. This is not... We would never treat the babes this way. Like, we love and respect them so much. And, like for 1991 again that just feels like so progressive oh yeah definitely um oh i was that notification from ansel just like went by really quickly um do you think that it's undercut at all by the fact that there's not really any sense of agency for the girls by themselves Hmm. well something about the the princesses they're played by different people every time like in one, two, and three, they're played by different people, right? So in a way, the princesses aren't as fleshed out as they should be, you know, but they're still yeah. treated, you know, in in a, in a respectful manner, 
You know, even though they're, yeah, they, they're not fully formed. They treat, yeah, they treat them like whole, full people, even though we as an audience do not really get to see them as full people who, quote unquote, deserve to be treated with that kind of respect. Like, right. I, I almost think that that's in... I didn't really even think about that throughout this. Maybe it's because I was just like, oh, it's about Bill and Ted, and I don't really know anything about the princesses. Yeah. Like, when they were like, oh, they're from medieval England, I was like, for sure. <laughs> they sure are. I just fully accept this, and that's fine. And, like, I thought that it was nice, too, that, like, we did get to see them go to Misty, who, like, I don't really know anything about, but it's nice that we got to see this moment where, like, they did have this agency to reach out and be like, we don't understand what the fuck is going on with these guys. We're going to reach out to the social network. So I liked that, and I liked, too, that they even when they were like tied up and like damsels in distress they they didn't feel like props at right. any point it wasn't like oh we just tied these girls to the track because that's what you do with women like they felt like central parts of this story because of the way that bill and ted felt about them like yeah. the fact that bill and ted felt like they were such important people in their lives because of the way that they care about and respect them kind of like secondhand paints them with this like agency that doesn't feel as empty so i i've a little of both on my end i think yeah. like i would like to know more about them but i again maybe it's only because i was watching the second one and don't know anything about them in the first one just kind of accepted that like only bill and ted are the focus in this like bill right. and ted are the two like people that will be following through this and death <laughs> whom i said in the last episode i fucking loved we absolutely have to talk about death because william oh sadler God, yeah. is just a fucking genius Oh my god! Up until so good. this point in his career, he had basically only played bad guys, like really bad guys. So for him to play this goofy version of Death is just hysterical because he has this reputation of being a very serious actor, and for him to be Death with this accent, with all of the goofiness that he gets involved in, even though he's spoofing like Bergman and stuff, like it's it it's such a perfect fit. I love it. I love that right away, too, because he has that, like, uh, I play bad guys look and feel about him. When you meet him originally as death, you're like, oh, shit. Oh, my God. They're actually, like, died in our meeting death. And, like, how will Bill and Ted get out of this next thing? Like, it it made death still feel very serious, basically, until he gets Melvin. It's like, oh, okay, <laughs> this guy plays this character. Okay, he's like this okay he's death and they'll have to somehow avoid this like scary weird death and then it's like no 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 no. <laughs> death is 100 percent on for this ride and will be around for the rest of this picture and do an excellent job like i loved yeah. it uh, an important thing to uh to mention about death uh don't overlook my butt <laughs> oh i thousand <laughs> percent wrote that down when they're talking uh, they're in heaven right no 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 uh, in heaven. no they're uh, they're um they're about to start building the ro good robot uh bill and right ted. and they're talking about how station has a has the good martian but i also yep. love that bill and ted are like we don't know what your gender is and we kind of don't care like you just have this nice butt so we're just gonna like give you this compliment about it also yes. again for 1991 butt stuff progressive people were yeah. not super into butts in the 90s no. said jennifer lopez had a huge ass which is like not true yeah <laughs> She's right a very nice butt but it's very not nice big it's just very normal size uh <laughs> <laughs> anyway <laughs> uh yeah i i loved uh i i just loved everything about death i loved to i looked it up um in the third one the newest one anthony kerrigan is playing death who plays noho hank in barry and it is 
chef kiss Wait. the best kiss or the Hold best on. casting Wait, William Sadler yes. is back as death in the third one. Who is uh, Anthony Kerrigan then? Uh, I don't want to say because you haven't seen it. Because like the oh, the reveal weird. of his character is kind of uh, it's it's fun when you find out like who he actually is. Oh, but weird. He the definitely has a. I, he has I, a like, look. I pulled up a review that said that he was death. That's why I wrote it down. Ah, okay, yeah, yeah, interesting. No. Oh, okay, William Sadler. Well, now back. I'm disappointed. I really wanted Anthony Kerrigan to be death. He's such good casting for it. Well, the role that he plays is still a lot of fun. Okay. Yeah. Man, I thought that even before I looked, because I when I was watching it, I was like dude, Anthony Kerrigan would be fucking perfect in this part. And so I looked it up and was like, la, 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 I'm going to see if he's in it. And then it pulled up and I was like, oh, perfect. This is obviously who this is. That's so weird. I didn't even write down what site I checked that from. Oh, man, I'm really disappointed that he's not death. No, but he still plays a central death character. Death doesn't get older. It feels weird that death would age along with Bill and Ted. Is he... it because he's on Earth? <laughs> I feel like he looks the same. In the oh, really? third one. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Like because Fine, they accept it. They used uh makeup in Bogus Journey to age up William Sadler. So uh, uh I, I know that was like part of his initial test, but um I'm he definitely did look so a little bit older. By that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so disappointing to me. I am glad that he's in it and is a good character, but I just feel like he'd be such a good death. Uh speaking of makeup in Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey, like so, yes, there's a lot of really great, like, costuming and uh, special effects makeup, but the best, w okay, maybe not the best one, but my favorite one is Granny Preston in, in Hell. Yes, because... I wrote that down as well. They did a fucking great job with yes. his makeup. Like, it's, it's scary enough in an exaggerated and cartoon way that, like, you you don't even notice at first that it's him. And then as soon as yeah. you do, it's like, well, of course he would play his own grandma. Like what's right. part of what is terrifying as a child is looking at a person that you recognize as I look sort of like this person and they've decayed and I don't understand how or why my body will become. Absolutely. This way. In the, in the commentary uh, on the, um, yeah. Uh, in the commentary uh, of the Blu-ray, when they talk about that scene, uh, when Alex Winter got into the makeup for Granny Preston, I think he legitimately scared the actor playing young Bill. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's, it's scary. It is scary. It's really, really well done. And the way he's, like, climbing over the table is so good. He does a lot. They, they do a lot with both his physicality as the grandma and the, like, camera angle work that make yes. it, like, very effective. And the lighting also. Uh, Alex Winter doesn't get enough credit for the for his performance. You know, everybody loves Keanu, and rightfully so, but Alex Winter, like, is top-notch in his performance, even though this is right. such, like, a silly thing. But. Right, They you need someone who they both take it equally serious. It's not, like, a joke to either of them. They're both, yep. like, fully committed to these, like, lovable doofus characters. Yeah, I agree. I think that he is... Like you said, people remember Keanu Reeves from this because Keanu Reeves is Keanu Reeves, but, like... Bill is a huge and important part of this and like yes. really he doesn't feel out of place ever. It never feels like, nope. oh, this should just be Keanu Reeves. It should just be Ted. It, like yes. Bill always feels like it's a he's appropriate to be there. Um one of the other things that I loved I wrote down, I love that the like costumes for the future are 
we sort of talked about this in Meet the Robinsons, where part of what happens with the future and the way that we think about the future is that you take the things that we think and love today and think of as like high fashion and then you just push them forward and you're like make the the lines bigger and the silhouettes different and the colors a little brighter and that's exactly what's happening here like here's the 90s here's the 90s 150 years in the future with these like really colorful like big fucking shoulder pads like weird cuts like i loved that they're all wearing moon boots which are like a very specific 90s choice and like I personally own a pair of moon boots because I think they're hilarious, <laughs> but like that's not a thing that people normally wear because they're very heavy and they're like hard to walk around with if you're not used to them too. So I love the idea of all these extras showing up to set and they're like, here you are, <laughs> here's this really weird functioning costume and these boots that you can't make too much noise about or else we have to stop and start recording again <laughs> so yeah. i i made a particular note about how much i like that i feel like the whole costume design is great everyone oh, feels absolutely. like all of their costumes feel appropriate all of them feel like they tell a story about who the characters are mm-hmm. uh i I love, too, that when they have evil Bill and Ted, they cross-paired them so that they could clearly, like, shoot it a little easier. It's such a small detail, but I feel like most people, especially in the 90s when they were trying to do this, like, fancy camera cut work, would be like, we're going to impress you by having me lead myself. And it's like, that's so unnecessary. Like, we don't really need to do that. And so the fact that they both have these very distinct costumes that you can tell visually immediately that they've been, like, cross-paired, I feel like is really, really smart. And then... For when they die, their costumes are exactly the same, but in a in a grayscale, and yeah, that's just mm-hmm. a great way to denote that they're dead. You know, like mm-hmm. it. It's a very little thing that you don't think about like right away, but it's it's a great way to differentiate. Mm-hmm. Totally, I completely agree. Like the the costumes were totally a a storytelling device uh, mm-hmm. in this movie. Yes, absolutely. I totally agree with that. The villain, uh, Chuck Denomalos. Fun fact. His name is Ed Solomon, who is one of the writers. It's his name backwards. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Interesting. Yeah. Is he just like a clean villain? Did he just show up in this one or is this guy established in the first movie? Yeah, he he didn't show up until this one. And his whole backstory of being Rufus's teacher... But then mm-hmm. at the end, it was revealed that he was his gym teacher. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I made a note of that. I thought that was very was a, funny. It was he a fun was gag. Like, to his credit, he was the sit up champion of the 27th century, which like that right? is not that's no small potatoes. Like, no, no. That's a whole hundred years to be the sit up champion of. I'm like, that's pretty impressive. So I don't know why it would drive you to hate two dudes who love love, but uh, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> sit ups are important. It just goes to show that there are haters for everybody. You know, That's like true. haters will exist no matter what time period you're in. Oh, one hundred percent. That's absolutely true. <laughs> it's a fact of life. Uh, uh, oh, but the, oh, yeah. I was just gonna say uh, this is sort of related to the costumes, but uh, I also really liked that Evil Bill and Ted in their costumes were the same because they're Evil Bill and Ted, but their mannerisms were clearly different like they were similar to bill and ted in that they'd clearly been modeled after after them but like even their physical mannerisms were different enough that you could tell immediately when you're looking at a scene yes this is evil bill and ted so i i thought that that was also a really smart choice right when they were um playing basketball in their apartment um and like they take their heads off 
that mm-hmm. they each have very specific mannerisms that isn't Bill and Ted, but it it could totally be Bill and Ted. You know, like it it's it was very there was a lot of thought put into each mm-hmm. like mannerism. You know, like yes. it, whether it be a, a facial tick or the the way they they both say shut up in the van. You know, right, yeah. like mm-hmm. clearly. Yeah, they're- Clearly, Alex and Keanu put a lot of work into forming yes. Bill and Ted, but also evil Bill and Ted. 100%. I absolutely agree with that. I wrote it down somewhere, too. I don't know what that note is exactly. But one of the things that I really liked is that I bet it was such a cool thing to be handed as an actor to be given this opportunity to play these two very different pieces of this character at, mm-hmm. especially as like a sequel I can see why you would agree to do this like it's especially in a time where like sequels were kind of made haphazardly and like thrown together right. in like the eight, the late 80s and early 90s like this feels like everything about it feels very intentional and all of these choices that differentiate them seem like such a cool thing to do as an actor and like I'm jealous that they got to do this yeah and I think that's why this movie received such mixed reviews initially because it was just like, oh, it's another haphazard sequel. But now that we've had the benefit of time to really look at this movie, it rightfully developed a cult following, you know, <laughs> totally. to, to point out how good this movie actually is. Like, even though the the video effects are, like, incredibly 90s with a chroma key and stuff. like But they, like, fit. It, right. It, like, it's... fits the way that the movie feels. It doesn't feel inappropriate, yep. even though it feels dated. Like, it yeah. doesn't. I'm not sure exactly what the word... Like, it doesn't feel inappropriately dated. That's just a different order of those yeah. words. But, like, you know what I mean? <laughs> it, it's part of the charm of Bogus Journey. You know, yes, like... Totally. It, it fits so well that, you know, you, you don't mind. Mm-hmm. Totally. Um, I found myself, every time they did a special effects scene, out loud, I was compelled to say, 1991. <laughs> yeah, it's like, okay, this is how this is. Like, I... <laughs> I loved the scene where they fell down a hole. I loved that. Yeah. It's so 90s. It's so silly. I love that they're like, w- what a clever way to do that. Also, like, all you really need to do is put them in a room with, like, a black cloth on it and just, like, hang them from harnesses and let them oh, go. Yeah. Like, it's <laughs> smart. But it's also clearly very much a product of 1991. Like, this is mm-hmm. a practical effect that they're making work in this way. And, like, now it would be done completely differently and it like I said i feel like it has that charm about it like i i like watching it and feeling like yeah this is very 90s and i'm into that this like it was 30 years ago but that's okay that's fine with yeah. me william sadler also plays the british father in that scene where they're going around the world and they're on all on tv so really well, yeah uh, i never noticed it until i watched it this time and i'm just like oh yeah that is him because oh, he wanted funny. to do he a does scene that, like, silly out of the makeup. dance later yeah, too. <laughs> exactly. Showing William Sadler's range. Yeah. But like that's, I had no idea that that was the same person. That's funny. And then his character of death gets expanded even further in the post credits or like during the credits. Like, I loved the credits. I yes. thought the credits from beginning to end were so well done. Because right. you get this information at the beginning that Bill and Ted have changed all of mankind, but the movie doesn't address that at all. And so then you only get this like explanation about their like explosion of fame and the way that right. they've taken over the world through this like series afterwards and like Death has a solo career and like but his album flopped, but he was also like yep. man of the year. Like I loved it. I wrote that down too about the headlines that came up like 
air guitar turns out to clear smogs. Ted, Bill and Ted voted sportsman of the year. The hot new look for summer. Bald, which was just death. <laughs> I loved it. Another one was that uh, Denomalos marries Missy. <laughs> yes, yes, I saw that too. I was like, okay, this is more of this Missy joke, but I don't really understand, but I appreciate yeah. the continuity of it. <laughs> right, so from the first movie, Rufus shows up and he tells Bill and Ted like, hey, you guys are going to uh, create world peace with your music. So Rufus is there to ensure that Bill and Ted stay on the path to creating world peace. So when the second movie starts, they haven't gotten there yet. So okay. uh, that's when Denomalos is like, okay, they haven't gotten there yet. I could still fuck this up. So screw these guys. I'm going to kill them. So seeing how... In the credits, like, we get closer to Bill and Ted bringing about world peace is great. And that's what makes Bill and Ted face the music great also, because the whole premise of that movie is they haven't created the song that saves the world yet. Even after all this time. So oh, how do they get to that point? You know, and like, that's what makes me love Bill and Ted face the music so much, because it's it's definitely the third act of this whole story and it, it has a lot of really great themes for, uh, you know, uh, a person's life. You know, you think there are these set points in life where you should have these things. Like, you should be uh, married, you should have a house, you should be making this much money by these age points. But for everyone, it's different. You don't have to stick to these points. And I think Bill and Ted Face the Music is a great way to express that in for for bill and ted mm -hmm. um but bogus journey is like the start of getting to that point and like it, it's a great act two for the bill and ted story but it's also great as a standalone you know message really weird message with mm -hmm. you know space and time and but but the time thing uh for us being a podcast about time travel movies and for Bill and Ted being time travel icons, there is only three instances of time travel in Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. You you have uh you have Rufus uh in the very beginning coming into his classroom. You have Denomalos showing up, and then at the very end, Bill and Ted at the Battle of the Bands preparing to you know play the show. So very little time travel in this time travel movie. Well, they also, like, talk at the end. There's all the, like, back and forth about, like, oh, well, if we get out, if we're the ones that win, we'll have set up this stuff before. And so there is this idea that a lot of time travel has happened, but we don't get to see any of it. It's right. just something that existed. Yes. There is the, the time travel at the very beginning. Uh, we also sort of get to see that at the beginning, too, where it's like, cure all these people who we time traveled back, but it's just opening up this phone booth and then they all come out. It's, uh, yeah, we don't like really get to see the mechanisms of it except for that like initial jump back to yeah. Bill and Ted. A lot of that uh, is really explored in the first one. So I guess, okay. you know, since it was just assumed that everyone knows how that works by now. but <laughs> <laughs> LOL, if people watch them in the right order instead of just watching the second one a bunch of times. Weird. Well, I think yeah. the first one is a time travel movie, and this one is more of a, like, I mean, obviously this is a movie about the afterlife instead of yes. time traveling through, through death. So mm -hmm. uh, it makes sense that they saved the time travel for, for the bookends. Yeah. Right, yeah. 
alternatively, Bill and Ted are uh, time lords who can travel through space and time. That's what so. I was thinking, is it almost <laughs> feels like a time and space uh, travel as opposed to just the time travel part of it. Because it also seems like in death you can pop out wherever the fuck you want afterwards, which is yeah. like a weird, like, wormholy time travel almost. It's like, well, you existed in this place where time isn't real, so we can kind of shit you out wherever we want. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of uh, wormhole, when Bill and Ted come back to life and Bill pulls the worm out of his ear. Oh, right. And, he's, Sorry, and he apologizes. <laughs> I know, it was so cute. I right. like Ted, too, is like, oh, there was a bird that was clearly pecking at my head. Eh, well, can't blame him. Like, oh. <laughs> y'all are so cute they're so accepting of everything it's just yeah. absolutely mind-blowing i love it so much if, if there's uh. one thing to take away from this edition of time to party it's that bill and ted are the example of being accepting yeah absolutely like it's i love it i, I love that they're so positive and that they have such a great like outlook on everything it's i love it bill and ted uh. are great you know they're their advice of be excellent to each other and party on dudes is an enduring message. I know. It stands the test of time. Uh-huh. Did you read the fan fiction? <laughs> yes, I'm glad you brought this up. Um, our friend Stella Cheeks, who is your co-host on X-Trex and not your demographic. Correct, uh, yes. She texted us a fanfic of Bill and Ted fucking. Mm-hmm. Uh, more than fucking it's more than that that's it's not yes. just that it's not just that but here's the thing about this yes they're in love but also it's it captures who bill and ted are that's what really she said to me well. i was like i don't know if i'm interested in bill and ted having sex with each other but she sent that to us before i watched this and then after i watched it i was like I don't know. I don't know if these dudes are straight. Like, I don't know if they're gay or whatever, but like, they might not be straight. Yeah. Like, they love that they share a bedroom. And I love that, like, when they get sad, they watch Star Trek together. Like, there are a lot of signs that point me towards these dudes aren't just into women. And that's fine with me. But also, like, it does add this, like, very different layer onto this story. Oh, yeah. Which I don't dislike. It's just very different. Right. It made me think of that because I wrote down Death's reaction to Megastation is adorable. I bet that there's really weird fanfic for that as well. <laughs> there has to be. There oh has to be. Yeah. Oh, there absolutely of has station to be. <laughs> being one person or one being and then splitting into two beings. And it's ripe for fanfiction. Absolutely. Like, I wish. <laughs> uh, when I was telling Stella about reading this fanfic, uh, I told her that I thought that it was building to it. 69 dudes joke like a callback from the first movie but it I'm, I'm glad that it did it and it really focused on you know making sure that bill and ted sounded like bill and ted they still acted like bill and ted and right. you know as i've keep saying uh as i've kept saying throughout this you know the key to bill and ted is heart and they're all right. about love and that's even conveyed here in this fan fiction where they're having sex with each other right exactly like that's the whole deal like Good fanfic is good. Like, good yeah. fanfic is... The reason that it's good is because it takes these characters and takes their essence of what we know and love about them and connects them to fixing, quote-unquote, what people feel like it should have been like. Right. <laughs> Which sometimes I agree with, and other times I'm like, shut your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I mean, Bill and Ted do everything together anyway. I mean, exactly, like, yeah. th this fanfic was clearly a prequel to Excellent Adventure, so none of this stuff happened yet, but, like, they end up proposing to the princesses together, 
they you know they live together that mm-hmm. you know there's there's a part of me that's like hey bill and ted probably can't take off a chastity belt by themselves individually so they probably like tagged in each other during that time after they proposed exactly mm-hmm. 100% <laughs> Aww, what good dudes what excellent dudes excellent <laughs> i huh. i got to dress up as ted uh when i was working for the philadelphia asian american film festival we did uh, an 80s party for our opening night film which was Fun. soul searching uh yeah it was set in the 80s about um this group of korean american kids who went back to korea for like a for like a summer camp to like learn about being korean so we were just like, okay, cool, 80s party. So my friend and I were bartending, and we were just like, we should do a couple's costume. And immediately we we're just like, Bill and Ted. 100% oh, Bill and yeah. Ted. Totally. <laughs> so walking around awesome. all the time, doing the hand thing, saying excellent, or bogus, heinous. If there was one uh, catchphrase or word that Bill and Ted use, uh, and you could bring it back into, you know, modern times and had it be popular again. What what would you use? Oh, I don't know if I have an answer for that. Because I feel like I use excellent a lot. <laughs> I feel like that's already a part of my, like, vernacular. Uh, I don't know. I, I can't think of anything off the top of my head. What's yours? Let me think about I, it. I mean, I tend to say bogus a lot more. Like, I feel like it's a perfectly good good. word that people aren't utilizing, you know? Uh, Heinous is another one, I think, that is... I feel like I use heinous a lot. Because that that was what I kind of pinged on, too, and I was like, I use that word a lot. Yeah. But but if people start saying station, I think that would be funny. (laughs) Yeah, I feel like station is just like a word that you respond to things with was very interesting. Like, is this like a future thing? I love it. I was like, all right, cool. I'll start calling things station. That's fine. Yeah, because solid is station like solid. Is that how you would use that word? Is that like an interchangeable? uh, I think station has a connotation that can be multifaceted, you know, like depending on the context, it could still apply based on the usage of the word in Bill and Ted face the music. I do feel like it is uh, a replacement for cool or solid or something like that. But it also feels to me like the 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 Philadelphian word or phrase John and John can be used as like a noun to refer to a person, place or thing such as, yo, pass that John or let me get that John or yo, you see that John? Like there's a lot of ways to use it. And I think station is versatile in that way, too. It's just clever. So much of this is clever. The script is really clever. The concept is really clever. They do really clever things in order to distinguish between all these characters like the sound design is fucking amazing like top to bottom we like kind of talked about that in the last episode but like i definitely want to mention it again that everyone gets their own air guitar riff they all Mm -hmm. like there are noises that are made every time evil ted and evil bill and ted move they all have like distinct like the foley work for this is amazing and it's clear that there are like specific choices that are being made for each of these actions and i just think that it's fucking brilliant like like i said it's just clever all everything about it is clever i love yes. we didn't even talk about the seance scene which was oh fucking yes. 
clever as hell. I, I loved the. <laughs> I love one of the women's calling President Chester A. Arthur, and that the last <laughs> woman's calling Ty Cobb. Why is she calling Ty Cobb? Like, uh, fun fact about that it, scene. It's such a dis- She's like, I'm calling Ty Cobb. I was like, but why? <laughs> fun fact about that scene: the two guys are the writers, Chris Matheson and Ed Solomon. And then the three women are three of their writer friends who just, like, sat in on the scene and they basically improvised that, you know, who they were calling. (laughs) That's hilarious. I like that even better knowing that it wasn't, like, actually written down for them. That's fucking funny. Exactly. I'm pretty sure that was just, like, each one of them trying to pop each other, you know? it felt like that by the time she got to ty Cobb, i was just like oh my god you are just trying to make these people laugh at the- you made yes. me laugh <laughs> absolutely but for missy uh that was all very intentional and the phrase that she repeats to like get rid of evil is bill and ted rule the world backwards oh interesting yeah uh the actress Damn, that's clever recorded herself saying it regularly then played it in reverse so she would know how it sounds so she could say it on the day wow that's very interesting i just thought it was latin honestly i thought that she was just saying like a latin phrase so that worked out really well that's fucking smart man everyone in bill and ted like across the board puts a lot of great detail in their characters you know Mm -hmm. yes totally Yes, absolutely. It's everything seems very intentional. It doesn't seem like any of it is like accidental. It seems like they really thought about everything. Yep. Oh. <sighs> Bill and Ted's so good. It's so good. Well, I guess that's that. We'll wrap this up for this episode. Yes. Thank you for listening. Uh, re- uh catch us next time. Uh, where we'll talk a little bit more about Bill and Ted's bogus journey. <laughs> for edutainment, let yeah. us edutain you. We're dancing. You, know. you can't see it. That's, you can't see it. <laughs> it's a good thing we turned our cameras on so that we could see each other dancing, but you, listener, cannot see us dancing. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, sorry about that. Hey, we're back. Here we we are. sound better now. With the great quality. Thanks again for listening through that we understand and acknowledge dip in quality for the middle part of, and by middle I mean everything except the beginning and end. <laughs> <laughs> typically what the middle is oh you know it's fine the middle's just a lot longer <laughs> it's cool <laughs> we had a bologna sandwich on really nice bread yeah exa- exactly <laughs> mm, bread Uh-oh. again the next episode as I'm sure you've guessed from this episode being the same we'll have the same middle quality issue but until then you can find us on the internet I'm at NYD urgency on Instagram I am at bsilverio20 on Instagram and Twitter. I'm at Indecisionist on Twitter and The Indecisionist on Instagram. Special thanks to April Moralba for our podcast art and to Marlon Longit of Marlon the Shakes for our amazing music. You can interact with us using the hashtag Time2Party. That's time the number two party. If you have thoughts on Bill and Ted and you're like, these dudes are the coolest, nicest dudes on the planet, tell us that because we also think that and we love to have conversations about how fucking cool these dudes are absolutely the chillest dudes in existence <laughs> we we respect bill and ted in this house absolutely this house okay. respects bill and ted <laughs> until next time party people be excellent to each other and party on dudes Blue. air guitar Blue. air cello Blue. very string air instruments pew, 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 pew. <laughs> <laughs>